The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. We are also going to continue our conversation about uh, COVID and the need for a COVID inquiry. 087-1400-106, the number if you want to get in touch uh, on that ad, says uh, Kieran to coin a phrase, Tony Houlihan has done the state some service and at a, gr- a time of great stress for him personally. It's a pity official Ireland didn't allow his Trinity gig to go through on the nod. Mike Ryan says, we urgently need a COVID inquiry and Houlihan has to be a part of it. We're now seeing the consequences for better or worse of the decisions made. Like I say, 087-1400-106, the number, the reason uh, Mike and Ed and everybody else is getting in touch is because we talked earlier to Professor Paul Moyna and Michael McNamara, the TD, uh, about this. And I was making the point as well that I I do think we need some sort of inquiry, um, be that public or private, I'm not sure. Uh, But there are certainly, or there is certainly a need for uh, an official retrospective beyond a couple of books by journalists and Tony Holohan's memoir. And this former CMO himself was on with Pat Kenny this morning. Really interesting to hear him. Um, And a point he made was that, look, doctors and nurses and health systems, they are not infallible and it's important we all remember it. And then he goes on not to acknowledge a a single mistake made by himself or Neffet in two and a half years, which I think most people would uh, accept as beyond... Uh, the realms of possibility, given the the, the amount of decisions uh, they had to make and the amount of recommendations made as well, all made with the best of intention. But they obviously would have made some mistakes. It is human to have made mistakes, as he said himself. So that's why we need one. It's not about apportioning blame or pointing fingers. It's about realising A, B and C worked really well. If we have to do this again or some version of it, they're the things we do again. X, Y, Z, maybe not so well. Maybe we adapt them or abandon them. That's why we need some sort of retrospective what shape that takes, that's what we're going to discuss. And here to discuss it is Padder Tobin, the leader of AIM2 and Kingston Mills, Professor of Experimental Immunology and Director at the Trinity Biomedical Sciences Institute. Gentlemen, you're both very welcome. Uh, Padder, do you think we need a public COVID inquiry? I think so. I think uh, we're overdue an inquiry at this stage. Um, I think that the government are reticent in relation to holding uh, an inquiry. Uh, Michal Martin initially said he wanted a review, then it became an evaluation. Um, and, you know, even at that stage, they were, the government said that people like Tony Houlihan and Paul Reid shouldn't be in the witness box. Um, and we were promised that the, the inquiry would be set up by the end of the year. But, you know, there isn't much evidence uh, of it proceeding uh, as of yet. I do think that um, this was probably this, the singlest, single biggest disaster that has probably hit the country uh, in generations and the manner in which the, the, the government and the country responded to it, we need to study it for exactly the same reasons that you mentioned, so that if we're faced with something similar again, we're better able to mm. deal with it. Uh, the big issue for me was that, you know, the nursing homes, uh, was, uh, that was the ground zero of COVID. Well over 2,500 people lost their lives in the nursing homes from COVID caught in the nursing homes. Um, and, you know, decisions such as discharging, you know, thousands of patients from hospitals into nursing homes without even testing many of them. Um, you know, yeah. that was quite shocking. It, it had the effect of seeding uh, COVID in those nursing homes uh, at the time. And Other decisions such as reversing the ban on visitors uh, going into nursing homes, you know, are extremely questionable. Um, you know, uh, and, and another issue that, that, that really wasn't focused on enough, as I think, is that the government didn't respond properly in terms of investment into um, a human resource at the time. So, you know, we had senior members of the HSE telling ministers that there was enough human resource, and yet we had nursing homes who had 
staff on duty for maybe 48 hours, um, you know, in yeah. the very low numbers, how, trying to get... And, and I know they're, they're absolutely the things that should be uh, inquired after. How do we make it so that it doesn't become a witch hunt? Because I, I said earlier that I think, you know, Tony Holohan and his colleagues, they got, I was quite critical of them a number of times over the, the, the period of COVID, but I think they got an awful lot more right than wrong. But is the danger that we focus on the wrong and it becomes a witch hunt and a kind of an opportunity for people to, to, to have a go in the public realm? Well, I'll be honest, it shouldn't become a witch hunt, but it's not actually my major concern. For, you know, my major concern on this is that like, we have a nursing home crisis in this country today. Right now, right across the country, there are nursing homes teetering on closures. And, you know, we just come out of a COVID crisis where nursing homes were the grand zero. And yet, it's unbelievable that we still haven't got a situation where we have nursing homes on a proper footing, a proper investment, that they're able to deal with, with their, their patients. And that's the key issue for us. Like, nobody wants to see a witch hunt here. But we do have to be honest, and people have to be able to stand up and take questions about significant decisions that were made. You know, I've done a good bit of work on Tusla, for example. There has been an explosion in the numbers of children that are being referred to Tusla in recent years. 83,000 children last year were referred to Tusla. That's 30,000 more than sat the Leaving Cert. Significant figures. And I talk to people within the sector, and they mm. say, you know, the closure of schools absolutely had an effect in terms yeah. of that. We have excess deaths happening now at a, at a, still at a, a very high rate. And we need to question the government. Why did they close cancer services down? Why did yeah. they close... But I, I, I might come back to you on that, on kind of where we draw the line, what gets included and what doesn't in a moment. But I mentioned Kingston Mills, who's with us as well. Kingston, do you see the value in a, a public COVID inquiry? Uh, good afternoon, Kieran. Um I, I have some reservations about it. Um, I don't think we need, need a tribunal type inquiry. I don't think we should be in the business of blaming people for mistakes that were made. I think people were under a lot of pressure. It was an unprecedented situation. In March 2020, we had an infectious disease which was killing um, thousands of people starting in Italy and soon came to Ireland. We had to act very quickly. People had to make decisions very quickly. And I think, by and large, they did a pretty good job in making those decisions. But there were mistakes made. So I, I don't believe for a second that the, that everything was done correctly. And what I would like to see out, out of any inquiry is that we learn from it mm. and we learn from those mistakes so that we have another pandemic. We're actually better prepared to deal with it the next time this inevitably will happen with some other pathogen that we're going to get struck down by. So it, does that then beg the question whether we should have a private inquiry rather than public? Owen O'Malley, the academic, actually in his column in the paper at the weekend, uh, uh, suggested this. It would allow people kind of anonymously to contribute. There wouldn't be fear of pushback. And then at least you can you can learn lessons without necessarily apportioning blame. Yeah, I mean, I think whatever the inquiry it has to be one where, the, where, the, where there's not going to be legal representation for every person that, that says something uh, at the uh, because we you know we know the history of this country and its tribunals and the amount of money that was that was spent on tribunals in the past. We certainly don't want to go down that road again. And but we do need to learn from it. And whether whether it be private or public, I think people have to be asked their opinion, and people who were involved have to be asked, did you make the right decision here? And if you were in hindsight, if you're going to 
do it again? Would you have changed that decision? And what would we have done? For example, I mean, one good example that that I would like to sort of highlight is the antigen testing. Um, You know, we we knew from early on that um, PCR testing was under huge pressure. And we had to send samples outside the country and to veterinary labs to get tested because the virus reference app couldn't cope with the numbers. And yet, at the time, evidence was emerging that antigen testing was, was, this was very easy to do and you could you could buy these tests for a couple of euro and they could be done. And there was great resistance um, amongst NIFED, I have to say, and amongst the Department of Health to introducing those tests. And it took a year of public, public the public actually made a decision in the end because they went down to the supermarket and the pharmacy yeah. and both those tests and they used them and they were very effective. So that was one example of where we didn't embrace um, a science that was emerging um, and it would have saved a lot of, of, of um, you know, it could potentially yeah. have saved a lot of cases if, we, if we'd introduced it quicker. Yeah, Ono Malley's column, I should say, was in the Sunday Independent yesterday, if people do want to read it. Um, Padre, is there, is there an argument that we hold the inquiry privately? You see, I have a problem with that because I do think that transparency is really important for governance. Um, and, you know, the, the, I, I remember back to the, the start of the COVID crisis, there was actually very little political oversight. Uh, decisions were being made, um, not in the dull, you know, not even in cabinet. There was actually a subcommittee of cabinet. Cabinet became a, a rubber stamping uh, of decisions yeah. that were made by a handful of people. Even the staffing of, of NEFIT was, you know, wasn't transparent. Um, it had no political oversight. People who were very well-educated, massive experience in infectious disease were left off NEFIT uh, uh, from the start. And, you know, um, minutes were provided maybe months later in a very sanitised form. No, and, and I'm not, and, and you're, you're, you're right, and all this is, and, and I, sorry, I'm not trying to be dismissive of it, because this is all the stuff that we absolutely, I think, should be talking about and, and that we should inquire about. But you know as well as I do, you and I will be back here in three, four, five years' time talking about how kind of a senior counsel are the only people who have won out of this public inquiry. You know, for, for sure, the, the whole Commission of Inquiry situation we have in this country is not fit for purpose. And, you know, we have been calling for uh, a Department of Inquiry uh, to, to exist, whereby we have a full-time um, uh, staff who are able to inquire into these very major issues that, that, that come about you know, very regularly in, in, in the term of a government. Because um, what happens is the, the skills are, are created for an inquiry and then, and then they're dropped. And you're right, there is an, an excessive legalised approach to this, which means that everybody tools up in terms of, of yeah. solicitors. And as a result, the, the whole thing grinds. The Department grinds. of Spanish Inquisition. I, I still believe that this can be done in, in a non-adversarial uh, uh, manner in which um, we still get to the truth in a transparent fashion. And, you know, I would, be, I would think that it would be an injustice if this isn't in the tra- uh, done in a transparent fashion um, because of that the democratic oversight that's needed uh, in this. Padre Tobin is the leader of AIM2 and Kingston Mills is a professor of experimental uh, immunology and he is uh, the director at the Trinity Biomedical Sciences Institute as well. Kingston and Padre, thank you both very much for joining us here in the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.